afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Apparently, somebody else remembered our review from last week. Poor old Chris Jericho. I know it's now time to talk about the other boys on the block, our friends over at All Friends Wrestling. Um, Chris got upset at our review of the uh, of his performance, I guess you could call it, last week. That it was a performance. It wasn't a match. It was a performance. But as Dennis Condry used to say, we must have struck a nerve being all telling the truth and stuff because he felt the need to not only redeem himself on his lion salt, but uh, let the folks on Twitter know that that he didn't he didn't mind us taking issue with with his uh, various antics as long as he was able to provide us with something to talk about so that we could provide for our families. <laughs> Sound like somebody's little fucking ass chap to me. It reads like his therapist told him to write it. <laughs> do you what do you have that do you have that tweet? I mean, I how can, if somebody's gonna say, oh, hey, you know what? Fuck them or whatever. Some people were actually saying on Twitter, a lot of people said some shit Chris didn't want to hear. But a lot of people were saying, well, it's good of Chris to take the high road like that. <laughs> like he's what do they call it? Passive aggressive? I don't yes. understand all this psychology and psychiatry stuff i'm a i'm a simple bird lawyer but uh he he's obviously i mean let's he's hearing this from more people than us uh i guess he just credits us with being the instigators do you have that tweet i have the tweet here it was i've been told jim Cornette and his sidekick brian last or great brian last Continue to brutally bury me for everything I do and say. My response to that is this. Have at it. You're entitled to your opinions, and I'm honored to provide content that helps you pay the bills. It helps uh, helps you pay your bills, excuse me. Yes. Best of well, luck to both of you. Best of luck in your future endeavors. And I tweeted back. I said, you know, I appreciate that. I said, to be honest, I said, Chris, if you ever did put the vodka down, get on a low carb diet, quit, quit having a, you know, midlife play crisis with the outlaw mud show wrestlers and stop donating money to have ridiculous despotic dictators stay in office. I don't know what we talk about. And then I, I forgot and I had to amend that with also, and there's the reckless spreading of disease everywhere to engage your other midlife crisis fantasy as well there's also that i don't know what we'd talk about i apologize if we hurt his feelings in any way don't you brian no because we're saying the <laughs> truth and if he hasn't noticed and i think he has based on the fact that he went out of his way to tweet this in the middle of nowhere in the middle of a day yeah, out of nowhere out of nowhere this thing popped up I've been told. You mean you've been listening. You've been listening. And, yeah, I don't apologize. We're saying the truth about him. His work sucks. He brings nothing to the table right now. The well, one thing he had, the biggest thing he had that was an advantage to AEW was his name recognition and that people knew him off WWE TV. And we've seen what happens when not the AEW fans, not the indie wrestling fans, but we've seen what happens when old wrestling fans casually bump into Chris Jericho on that show, it's embarrassing. They're embarrassed for him. His work is bad. He doesn't want to hear it. Look, he's been blessed with awful ideas for a very, very long time. 
And in terms of the donations to Trump, the one thing you'll hear every now and then is, oh, but he gave a few thousand dollars to this wrestler who was sick. And oh, he gave a few thousand dollars to this wrestler. Yeah, well, he gave $40,000 to Donald Trump. I was about to say he gave $40,000 to a lunatic to try to destroy the country. Go back to Canada. That's what I say. He's got dual citizenship. There's no loophole there. You know why he has that hole in the middle of his chest? He's got no heart. He's got no heart. No, that's where they pulled his soul out. No, we're the soulless ones. Well, Remember? Well, well, because well, we didn't, no, that was where right it started. Back at you. Because we didn't like Stadium Stampede. We were soulless wrestling yes. fans. Have no soul if you did not like Stadium Stampede. So, we, well, I think his soul was pulled out long ago. Anyway, and it, it, this week, if he'd have just let it go, because let's face it, and I know he was upset when I pointed out actually in, plain terms and where you could go back and watch to the untrained eye how he takes his shortcuts because he he's obviously doing that so that he can continue breathing for the duration of the matches but if he hadn't have just come out of nowhere with that tweet i would have had more positive things to say about aew this week than probably ever hey listen man buddy rogers what do you what oh hey listen man buddy rogers couldn't wrestle when he was 40 the way he did when he was 30. He changed the way he worked. If you ever see footage of Buddy Rogers in the early 50s, yeah. it's a different wrestler than you see in 1961. Chris Jericho's still trying to wrestle like he used to, and it's embarrassing. And again, he jumped on you and me. I saw that he also sent out a tweet. Hold on, I think I may have it here. He sent out a tweet also to Sebastian Bach. I've been told that Sebastian Bach continues to go out of his way to bury me. My response is this. Be my guest. You're entitled to your opinion, and it doesn't affect me either way. I still dig your work on the first three Skid Row albums and look forward to your next record. Again, like I said, it's, it reads like his therapist told him to let it all go and send these out. But he knows everyone's telling the truth. He knows it. He likes his stupid shit, but he knows we're all telling the truth, and he knows the audience that is seeing Chris Jericho for what he really is right now is growing week by week, just like his waistline is growing inch by inch. All right. Now, you're not going to say, you're not going to tell me that he doesn't have a waistline, he's got a coastline. You're <laughs> not going to say that. That's a good that. line. I gonna, wish I would have thought of that. I you're not going to tell me that last year he bought a wristwatch or he, you're not going to tell me that because I, I blew it. What already. is that? Now I got to know what that is. What are you no, hold on. Me? I'm going to back up. <laughs> you're not going to tell me that last year he bought a belt and now he uses it for a wristwatch. You're ah, not going to tell me that. I wasn't, no. You would never tell me that. You're not going to tell me that at his house, his bathtub has stretch marks. You're not going to tell me that. <laughs> oh for god's sake anyway can we well let's talk about this program let's because i am going to say a couple of good things there was some good stuff on this show there was one segment that was really really good i thought i thought there was there was a there was a couple but they they can't leave anything alone we'll get to it but there was there was more of the good stuff and less of the bad stuff this this week but and this, and I'll I'll say one more thing to to uh, put a period on the topic of Mr. Jericho. We liked what he was doing last fall when he was trying to be serious. He's still only a year older. He may have gotten a little bit more 
portly in the midsection, but if he'd once again bothered to use his name value and name recognition and experience for good in trying to teach these guys how to work and carry the company like we thought he was going to try at the beginning, instead of abandoning any sense of him being the top guy, the experienced veteran, and him just joining in and doing all the stupid shit the kids do, it's magnified and amplified what you that you can see the shortcomings in his matches and at the same time in his in-ring work because of the things that he's trying to do with these goofy guys and at the same time it's devalued him as a draw because he's just become now one of the boys instead of standing out because he's been involved in all kinds of goofy shit with mid-card guys so you know they've lost a lot of tools in their toolkit Welcome to The Hoots Podcast. This is a podcast about life, which just happens to be centered and focused around the world of professional wrestling. We tackle the topics of the week, both inside and outside of the squared circle, while also focusing on the issues that are plaguing the world today. Whether it's wrestling, sports, life, or anything in general, we've got you covered right here on The Hoots Podcast. And now, here's your host... Josh Lopez. And, and if that doesn't work, then by God. Me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. That's right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 243 of the Hoots Podcast. It's Thursday, February 4th, 2021. It's your boy, uh, the nefarious brother Adam, a.k.a. Joshua Lopez. You can follow me on Twitter if you like at the Hoots Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Joshua Lopez94, J-O-S-H-I-E Lopez94. Also got a music page at Josh Lopez Music. I'm going to be recording some more guitar, guitar covers this weekend as well, so I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, lots and lots to talk about this week. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to uh, give this podcast a chance. Who's podcast? Um, is layman's turns is a brotherhood podcast about pro wrestling. Uh, we also talk about life and mental health and relationships and sports. And um, I was just mentioning to the folks here on Facebook that I want this podcast to be a positive mental escape for you. Are there times when we get constructive and criticism and stuff like that? Sure. But um, especially when it comes to like the, what the hell is wrong with AEW segment, I think a lot of that's more rooted in comedy than me being personally like upset with AEW. Uh, but also at the same time, we're here to um, bring a different perspective and like to remind folks that this is a podcast about enjoying professional wrestling and not going through the week of wrestling with only thinking about booking 24-7-365. This, that, this is not what we do here on the Hoots Podcast. Um, I also have other projects that I do outside of the show. Uh, mainly my main project is the 
website known as ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Make sure to bookmark that uh, website right now. Uh, that website where I do transcripts slash play-by-play articles for all your favorite wrestling shows. Make sure to go check that out. And that's uh, pretty much it for plugs. Oh, really quick, don't forget, we got a brand new edition of the Thoughts of Derrick, which will be hearing later on today from the one and only Nefarious Brother Carter. Uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter at uh, Derrico, uh, De- at, my bad, at Derek Stoughton. He's on Instagram at Derrico06. Um, also check out his work at WrestlingRooms.net. Okay, so we got rumbled again to, um, I can't believe we're like seven weeks out, not only from like WrestleMania, but also um, <laughs> we still got some time before we reach uh, episode 250. Of the uh, Hoops podcast, which is insane. So, lots, uh, lots, and lots again too. Before we get to that uh, big event and that big podcast, but um, like I said, make sure to subscribe to the show right now so you never miss the episode. It comes with free charge. We don't charge anything. We don't have a Patreon account. We don't have anything extra. We don't hide behind uh, paid walls. I, I really don't believe in that type of content distribution I think it's kind of dirty and I feel like I'm cheating you guys out uh this is raw this is genuine we don't have a script you know me and you are uh, maybe agree or disagree with something uh revolving professional wrestling and that's perfectly fine but I think the main thing I want people to take away from the podcast especially from a wrestling point of view is that you need to speak for yourself you need to think for yourself uh, I think this week is a very telling um, thing about entitlement, uh, about acting like you're the smartest person in the room. Uh, I think it's very off-putting in the fact that a lot of people who have podcasts and people who do shows like this act like their shit don't stink, and I just don't think that that's how you should carry yourself. Um, you know, we're all here to enjoy wrestling. I try to learn something new with every show that I cover. I have nobody pays my bills. I'm not clinging to one company. Do I have my preferences over other wrestling styles? Sure, just like anybody else. But at the same time, I'm thinking for myself at the end of the day, and I'm still a professional wrestling fan. You know, preference rise. I enjoy a lot of New Japan Pro Wrestling more than a lot of AEW and WWE to a certain extent. Uh, I would say New Japan's my favorite pro wrestling company in the world right now. At the same time, I am not going to come on here and tell you how to think about something. You have to think for yourself. Uh, I think too many websites, I think too many podcasts try to jam down your throat about, oh, this is how wrestling should be booked. This is how wrestling should be this. Wrestling should be that. Wrestling is subjective. It's art for a reason. Wrestling is something for you to enjoy and have it be an escape. It's not for you to be have something Jan Dye wrote about this is how it's supposed to be, this is how it's supposed to be that it's it's not supposed to be that way. Not all wrestling promotions need to be booked the same. Not all wrestling promotions need to be presented the same. And I think we lose sight on that a lot of times because we want all wrestling companies to be booked in one whatever the flavor of the style the flavor of the month of wrestling style is. That's how every show has to be booked. No, that's not the case. You can have a serious wrestling show. You can have a variety show. You can have a show that's based on Lucha Libre and like Lucha Underground. Uh, that was more of a television show than your standard pro wrestling show. Wrestling can be anything you want it to be, but we we get in the way of that as fans because we have to dig in this 
bubble mindset of what works well with the dirt sheets and the wrestling observer, which is the series of wrestling websites and just this outdated point of view on how wrestling should be booked. Guys, none of you have ever booked a wrestling show. I have never booked a wrestling show. I really think it's time for us to really take a step back and check our egos at the door because I'm not going to come in here and insult your intelligence and act like I know more about professional wrestling than people that do it for a living. Uh, I'm blessed with the fact that I get to cover this industry for a living. I, I take my work very seriously. I pride myself on the fact that I make the transfers for what it is and that I don't uh, spend time making articles about what I would do with this angle or that angle or doing star ratings or doing just other nonsense that's taken away from the overall goal of my website. My website was there to be a point of reference of what's going on with these shows. Nobody wants to go on my site and see my ratings on a match from AEW Dark. You know, like I I'm, I take what I take my work very seriously, especially what I do with this podcast very seriously because I believe in credibility. I believe in staying true to your word. I believe in thinking for yourself. I always said the same for those who listen to podcasts each week. Be the authentic product that is yourself. If you need Dave Meltzer and Sean Ross Saps of the world and yada, yada, yada to form your wrestling opinion, more power to you. But I think you're limiting yourself as a wrestling fan. I think you're limiting, limiting yourself as a person when you allow other people to speak for you. You have to think for yourself for good and the bad. You know, you have to make this on your own for that reason to learn from the good things that came to your life and the bad things that you had to overcome. And I just think that a lot of us hit ourselves by uh, being in a bubble mentality and just seeing just one way of life works. And that just not, that's not the case. We all have different opinions on pro wrestling. That doesn't mean I'm smarter than you or you're smarter than me. That That's not the case. So... I love this business, but I think a lot of us are taking it for granted for reasons that shouldn't be the case. We're not in the boardrooms. We're not booking these shows. We're wrestling fans. <laughs> Don't forget that. We're wrestling fans. We're not Vince McMahon. We're not Bruce Pritchard. We're not Tony Khan. Hell, even the times when I do my segments where I rip AEW for their crappy TV show, I'm not talking about the booking. I'm criticizing the action inside the ring. I can separate and have balance with what I want to critique here. I think more people were fixated on, oh, see, this happened, and that's why this company's in this position, why that company's in that position. Confirmation bias. That's the thing right there. Too many people cling onto confirmation bias these days, and it's absolute BS in, in my opinion. We need to stop taking wrestling for granted. And such for the fact that wrestling is still on TV with everything going on with this pandemic. And I, it, it's really unfortunate in a lot of ways that we've allowed uh, our egos, in a way, such for a lot of us in the podcasting community, get in the way of what our, our goal should be with recording these shows. This, is, this should be a celebration about pro wrestling. Our entire lives, we've had people tell you, oh, wrestling is fake. Wrestling is this. Why are you wasting your time on this crap? 
you know, wrestling is something I've loved since I was four years old. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. I'm going to be 27 in May. I've been watching this stuff for 23 years. And I don't regret it one day, one second in my life. You know, if people want to look down on me for that, that's that's your deal. I love this. I am not going to take it for granted because, oh, poor me didn't get what I wanted my wrestling show. Oh, my favorite didn't win this match. Oh, my, my favorite didn't win that match. Like, a lot of you act like petulant childs during these pay-per-views, especially during the uh, War Rumble. Oh, my person didn't win the Rumble, so that means the match doesn't make sense. Oh, here's another thing. Stop misconstruing an opinion from fact, especially in wrestling. Just because you didn't like a decision that was made in a subjective form of entertainment does not mean that that decision did not make sense. You didn't like the decision because your person didn't win. Just be honest with it. It's the same thing if, oh, I didn't like how this episode ended because it made, oh, one of my favorite characters, maybe a heel in, let's say The Sopranos or something, got what wasn't made to be the strongest for that particular week's episode, right? Am I going to say, oh, my God, Tony Soprano's buried. How is he going to recover from that episode? Do you, do you understand how stupid that sounds? We're talking about episodic television. That yeah, are there occasions where certain characters don't reach a higher level than we expect them to be? Sure, but also at the same time, things happen week to week and week, and we're such in this ADD culture that we need to be pampered down like little kids. Oh, okay, okay, Billy. This is why this happened here. This is why this happened this. Like we need to be like pampered and tugged in into our wrestling beds by these wrestling promotions because we can't think for ourselves. We can't let any angles play out without assuming where this thing's going or that thing's going. And it's just nonsense. It's really nonsense because (laughs) if I'm watching something and I'm overthinking every single second that goes on that show, why am I watching it? Like take take the take the analyst out of me for one second, right? Let's say I'm Joshy the wrestling fan, and I'm watching uh, NWA, right? NWA Power. I'm watching it for the first time, and I'm trying to uh, get into this brand. You know, this big established brand from the '70s and '80s and the territory days. NWA is the coolest thing on earth, right? And it's back now, NW Powered. It's like this cool studio wrestling show. I'm watching it for the first time. I want to see what's going on, what their identity is, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then as I'm going through the show, I'm like, oh, they should have booked that. Oh, why did this person do that? Why did this person do this? Like, like listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth and understand like how silly and entitled that is. Like, I don't need to be pampered down like a five-year-old kid. I don't need to be guided like that during a wrestling show. I can't think for myself. I can't... You you tell me that you can't let angles play out. Like, you have to rush on whether a feud's uh, going good or bad after one episode of a Raw or SmackDown or Dynamite. Like... Think about how entitled a lot of you sound on these shows. 
Think about that. So, <laughs> I wasn't really expecting to do a rant this morning, but I really need to get that off my chest because I just don't understand where we're going, especially with us as content creators, where we're constantly bitching and being so, like, in, like so ungrateful for what we have for the industry. Yeah, some shows are good. Some shows are not. That's just par for the course. But we have one of the coolest forms of entertainment, and we take it for granted because we act like we're smarter than people who actually do it for a living. And I just don't understand that. I, I don't. With that being said, let's move on. Let's get into the uh, Good Brothers Q&A session this week. As always, you can send me a question at the Hoots Podcast or email me at the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. Since I've been recording these Good Brother Q&A sessions on Facebook, it's been a lot of fun. Also, at the same time, you can ask me questions on here on Facebook as well, and that'd be uh, really cool. I would appreciate that. So let's get into it. Uh, we're going to start off with the Good Brother Chris Zaleta at XTeamZaleta24X on Twitter. He says, what up, Oost? Here's some questions for the Q&A this week. Should Dak Prescott leave Dallas? Oh, man. I, I, I think that's a double-edged sword, uh, Chris, to be honest with you, because, like, I, I, I watched the... I watched uh, the entry that happened with Dak last season. And just, I felt so bad for him. And... I, I don't know, just, it would look weird and feel weird if he wasn't with the Cowboys in a way. Like, I really don't care what happens <laughs> with Dak Prescott. Uh, no, I don't really care what happens with the Dallas Cowboys because I'm not a Cowboy fan. But I think for him, if he wants to be there, he should stay there. I The thing with the NFL is, like, where 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 is Dak going to go where he's going to really maximize on this opportunity? It's not here. Uh, I know a lot of people like to throw every quarterback uh, in Chicago's direction. But also remember, folks, that you could bring out Andrew Luck as uh, – you could bring Andrew Luck out of retirement and the Bears would still be in the same position as they are because people tend to forget that the biggest problem with the football team is the guy that's head coaching the football team. But that's another uh, topic for another time. Uh, but I, I don't think he should leave Dallas. Um Favorite Jordan shoe? I'm not sure if there's a specific one of a Jordan shoe that that's my favorite, but I think like any of the original um, ones from the late '80s and early '90s are uh, up there in my opinion as far as like favorite Jordan shoes are concerned. If I had like a if I had like a color scheme, probably be like black and purple Jordan shoes. I think that'd be really cool. But uh, I always like Jordan shoes. In fact, speaking of that, I I need to start collecting more shoes, actually. I used to have, like, a lot of shoes when I was younger, uh, especially during my high school years. Uh, so I would definitely want to get back into, like, collecting shoes and stuff. Um, your favorite hip-hop artist to come out of Chicago? Oh, that's easy. That, that's Kanye West. I'm not a big fan of what Yee's doing out these days. Obviously, the guy's become a, a head case. <laughs> but... Uh, I think that um, Kanye uh, had a lot of great music, especially uh, during the early and mid-2000s, and uh, he's definitely the biggest artist to come out of Chicago. Uh, Common's an, another uh, exception to that list. I, I would add him to that uh, answer, Chris. So I'd probably say either Common or uh, Kanye West. 
Um, do you think this women's tournament can help AEW's women's division a little? I would certainly hope so, but also at the end of the day, has there actually been one general storyline from any angles from AEW's women's division since the inception of this company? I've just seen matches. Like, Hikaru Shida is a good wrestler. I, I like what she does in the ring, but has there any been... Has there been any actual angles that you remember of? Any storylines that you remember from AEW women's wrestlers outside of Anna Jay joining the Dark Order? And even then, they dropped the ball there with her because we never get to hear her speak unless it's on BTE. So, um, I would certainly hope so. But, you know, it's all about the amount of effort and emphasis you put on it. Uh, it's one thing to have a win submission where you're just doing matches, but matches for match sake uh, can get old after a while. Who does Edge face at WrestleMania? I think Edge will fight uh, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. When do you think Samoa Joe returns to the ring? I, I think Samoa Joe returns to the ring soon. I'm really, really curious to see how AJ Styles carries himself the next time he's on Raw because he wasn't on Raw this week, and I'm, I just want to see how he reacts to not winning the Rumble match. I, I really, maybe I'm holding out hope that maybe Samoa Joe and AJ Styles can have a match at WrestleMania. Maybe that's just me, but I would really like to see that match. So I, I would hope it be soon uh, because. <laughs> Even with Joe, there's not much you can do to say that Raw announced team is bad. Um, do you think we'll see Edge wrestle and Axie in between now and WrestleMania? I would say maybe, possibly. It, it, it's something that I would think about and consider down the road. I, I, it just depends on what Edge wants to do, more importantly. It's not about what we want or what, what's going to happen. I just think that Edge would do a great job at NXT. Um, I'm, we all, we have to play let this play out week by week. Uh, that's how I'm approaching this. You know, fingers crossed he doesn't get injured again. I would hate that. I would hate for that to happen to him and also for us wrestling fans because he still hasn't had a chance to wrestle in front of a crowd. Even with it being a limited capacity, he's still going to get the chance to wrestle in front of fans um, at WrestleMania. And... Um, hopefully I get to go down there. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, which Stone Cold theme, last question for Chris here. Always appreciate the questions, uh, good brother. Uh, which Stone Cold theme is better? Glass Shatters or the original classic? I won't do what eats. <laughs> oh, man. The classic is always good, and it's always good for the pop, but I think for me, musically-wise, I think that, um... Glass Shatters from uh, The Serb is probably my favorite Stone Cold Steve Austin theme. Um, if you guys go back on YouTube and you see the part where like Stone Cold was in his feelings and stuff. He was at the bar drinking and stuff and then he comes back. He's <laughs> whooping everybody's ass and you hear the Glass Shattered theme. It, it, it's it's one of the coolest, memory, uh, coolest moments in wrestling. Um, so I'd probably say like Glass Shatters would probably be the one for me that stands out the most. But um. Good questions, though, Chris. I appreciate that, brother. All right. The last batch of questions that we're going to do this week comes from the good brother, Nate the Great, which you can follow him at Twitter, at Psycho Nigiri. Here we go. He says, where do you see Bailey end up coming? 
Where do you see Bailey ending up come Mania? Uh, that's a good question. If there's any way where you could realistically, storyline-wise, mix in Bailey, where she's so desperate to get in that match, right? She's like so fixated on getting the SmackDown with Tyler back. You could you could pull it off. Like there's been good triple threat matches that have occurred at WrestleMania. Like I always say, the Triple H, uh, Chris Benoit, and Shawn Michaels match from WrestleMania 20 is still one of my uh, favorite title matches in WrestleMania history. So, it's happened before. I mean, Charlotte found her way to begin part of that match with Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. So, it could happen. Uh, so, I say be on the lookout for that. Or um, maybe Bailey and Carmella find a way to uh, go after the women's tag team titles at WrestleMania. I, I say be on the lookout for that. How would you like it if Edge did challenge the NXT champ at WrestleMania? I certainly think it would be interesting. Uh, I don't think it would close the show. Um, Edge fighting for the NXT title uh, at WrestleMania would be cool. Uh, the fact that an NXT title would be defended in Tampa properly, like it was supposed to last year with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, um, it would just be cool for the fact that the exception of the genesis of NXT started in Tampa Bay. So I think that would be really cool. What is my favorite WrestleMania match of all time? My God, that's a great question. Um, I have three. Um, first one is Undertaker and Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 25. The second one is John Cena and Triple H from WrestleMania 22. And the third one is Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels from uh, WrestleMania 21. So those are my favorite ones. Where are you? Where are you? Your happiest? I like this one. Uh, <laughs> I think for me, like my, my happiest place is in Florida, specifically Oviedo, Florida. Uh, that's where I'm my happiest. So I I'd probably say there. Um, yeah, Florida or any wrestling show in general. I also enjoy my times when I go to like the Rosemont Horizon for wrestling shows. That that's always a good time. So, uh, if I had to pick like my favorite place, place it would be Oviedo, Florida. Um, Oviedo has a special place in my heart for good and bad reasons. But um, uh, I had a good time down there. Um, you know, I I would really love to go back to some concerts again because I really enjoy like my times when I go to like the United Center or the Allstate Arena but it's the world's my horizon damn it all right <laughs> and um how's it going sir thanks for uh, checking out the video um yeah so my my favorite place to be personally would be in Florida but if it's like wrestling related and it's probably just like the main like marquee wrestling venues and stuff Sarah asks, how do you feel about Bianca winning the Women's Royal Rumble? Um, I Honestly, for me, I think it's a year early, to be honest with you. I thought Rhea Ripley uh, from NXT was going to win the Women's Rumble match or Bayley. But um, 
I can't take the moment away from Bianca Belair. You saw how emotional she got after the match, which was she had a really nice promo. Um, you know, there's only like so much reaction you can get out of it because they're in front of virtual screens. But you know, she's pointing at the sign. The fireworks are going off, so I thought that was a cool moment and all. But I, as far as like where I see Bianca Belair, it's kind of a year early for her. So I don't like I don't see her beating Sasha Banks at WrestleMania this year. But it was a cool moment. Uh, the women's Rumble match was really, really good. And I'm going to talk about that later on when I uh, get into my review. Um, so, hey. <laughs> I, hey, Sarah, great minds think alike. This is what it is, you know. <laughs> so, um, next question. What is one thing you wish you knew how to do? Um, I wish I knew... One thing I wish I had the ability to do would be to understand, like, I, I I would love to have, like, a signal inside of my head where I'd be like, okay, I'm I'm good with, like, having a BS meter. Like, I really, I'm really good with trusting my judgment and my assessments on things. But also, you never know in ways when somebody's going to flake on you. Not even, like, relationships stuff but just like in life you don't know when a, a friend's gonna bail on you or a family member's gonna lie to you about something you just don't know when that shit's gonna happen so for me like i i would love to have more of a internal like like being in my head like hey nimrod watch out somebody's gonna do you wrong again uh i, I would love to have that ability <laughs> For like for me, I, I'd rather be a step ahead of bullshit than bullshit coming in front of me. Because I look, I know it's gonna come one way or another, right? We're all gonna deal with BS. We're all gonna deal with shady people. We're all gonna deal with this. I think my problem is that I'm too real for people at times, and that and it also affects me more when I am genuine to someone and I am loyal to somebody, and then they spit it back in my face and try to come up with cop out excuses. So. Uh, I, that's a real honest <laughs> answer. <laughs> I, I, I'm just being 100% honest with you. Like, um, for me, I would have the, to have the ability to avoid any sense of bullshit or flakiness would be on top of that list for me. Um, next question. Do you think Sephiroth should go for the IC tonics? I say down the road, Nate, but not now. I would love to see Seth Rollins uh, go against Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Hence why Seth Rollins eliminating Daniel Bryan from the Royal Rumble was my favorite uh, moment from the Royal Rumble. So great to see that guy back. The Monday Night Messiah. Where does Kevin Owens go now after three title match losses? That's a great question. Does KO take some time off? Does he become a heel, we just have to sit back and see what happens, you know. Uh, I got to tell you, man, Kevin Owens has been doing a lot of good stuff, even the fact that he has lost these uh, last couple of matches. But he, he, Kevin Owens is a great wrestler. He'll find his way back on his feet. So I would be too concerned about that. Are there any NXT tag teams you'd like to see get called up soon? <laughs> Shout out to the Ooze Anthony DeCepino or aka Kurt Ratner. What's up, my man? Um, do you think LA Park will upset Sting tonight? Yes, pal. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> the bat is not powerful enough for the chairman, pal. 
<laughs> Guys, make sure you go check out GOW Enigma tonight on Twitch uh, for game event. I love you, brother. That's a great question. <laughs> Laparka, La that guy's a trip. Um, Sir asks, did you know Kevin Owens was in CZW? Yes, I have. Um, Kevin Owens, um, it's been in a lot of different places. I actually got to meet Kevin Owens about, let's see, four or five years ago at an AAW show in Berwyn, uh, the Berwyn Eagles Club. Uh, really, really cool dude. Uh, the, the cool thing about Kevin Owens is the fact that, like, I, um, <laughs> me and him share the same birthday, which is insane. Like, Kevin Owens is, like, ten, exactly 10 years older than me, and we're both uh, born on May 7th. So, shout out to my Taurus good brother, uh, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is a good dude. I, I appreciate you, man. You're the man. I really do, man. Um, I love I love GOW. We got to get you back on the podcast soon. All right. Next question. You know, we, I, I'll be honest with you guys. I haven't watched a lot of CZW because some of the super death style matches are not my forte. I don't need somebody jamming a fucking light tube down my throat, you know? Like, I, I'm just not into that stuff. <laughs> and, you know, having a match where it's just thumbtacks for 25 minutes. But it, it, it's, it's like an acquired taste. I enjoy it sometimes, but I'm not going to go out of my way to watch those matches all the time. That's just too much. <laughs> um, are there any NXT tag teams you would like to see get called up soon? Yes. One team. One team, <laughs> and it's the Grizzled Young Veterans. If you guys have not watched NXT on the USA Network, it's the Grizzled Young Veterans. It's not even close. Zach Gibson, Liverpool's number one. I played a pro for him last week, which was pure gold. Uh, him and James Drake from NXT UK are one of the best tag teams in the world. Uh, I, I'll tell you, say this may be a hot take, but I think they're 100% better than the Young Bucks. Grizzled Young Veterans. Please, for the love of God, go to Raw or SmackDown soon. <laughs> um, all right. We're about to wrap up this Q&A session soon, but if you guys have any more questions, please uh, put it in the chat box. I do appreciate the interaction with you guys so far. Um, oh, okay. Here, let's, let's do this question. What has been the happiest day of your life? Man. <laughs> It's, it's always interesting when I get these type of questions because it's so few and far between, especially for the stuff I've gone through in my life. But um, I think for me, uh, since that, like Asuka and Belair to be tag team champions. Oh, to be a tag team? Yeah, I think they'd be a good tag team. I, they got to figure a way to get the Raw Women's title off of Asuka because I don't know where that women's division is going. But yeah, I think Asuka and Belair would be a good tag team. Um, all right, so as far as, like, the happiest day of my life, I have two of them. Um, the first one is June 25th of 2019. Um, it was the day that I found myself. Like, really, really found myself where it's like, that, I'm not going to explain why that's my favorite day, but the the emphasis behind it is the fact that I found who I am and the fact that I knew on that day, I knew I was good enough for me. And that, and I think that's very important in life because 
you're just going to deal with a lot of crap. You're going to deal with a lot of bad energy, and you're just going to deal with a lot of people who are good to you to one second to a certain extent, and then they flake on you. And uh, I had something very important to me happen to me that day, and you know, taking that trip to Oviedo really like validated the progress I was making in my life. And for me, it, it, it you know, we get to a certain point in life where you have a moment that comes to you, and it's like, okay, after this day, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks, it doesn't matter what anybody says, I don't care what one person says about me behind my back, during this show, whatever. I just don't care anymore. And for me, it's uh, it's like having weight off your shoulders. It's a blessing. I really don't give a shit what people think about me. I really don't. <laughs> uh, to have something as powerful as what happened that day, if I knew I wasn't good enough for that person on that day, <laughs> then it, it was just... It, it was just good validation in my my way because I avoided the trap. I avoided probably the biggest trap in my life. And that's something that I'm very proud of in a lot of ways. Did it, Was there depression that came out of it? Of course. But I'm a human being. We all go through good days and bad days. So for me, you know, I had my heart fractured that day. <laughs> it's crazy to answer your question that way, but that's the truth. The happiest day of my life is when I had my heart fractured. And uh, in a lot of ways, it's made me a better person for it. And I don't regret it. You know, you have to take risks to learn about the important things in life. And I'm just glad that I had that happen to me before I made a big mistake. So um, that's one of my happiest days. Uh, as far as more levity and more exciting things, uh, I'd probably say uh, March 31st of 2012 it was the day I got accepted to the Berkeley College of Music in Boston. I've been working like really, really hard for four years in high school to get into that music school. It was the top music school in the country. I did like an audition at a big recording studio downtown by like the John Hancock building, and I got accepted. It was like, it was like a big, like, for me, like, I'm really, like, driven by proving people wrong. So I had a lot of people like, oh, you're not going to make it to Berkeley. You're not going to do this. Fuck you, assholes. <laughs> I, I did get in. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend the school because uh, I didn't have the money to pay $50,000 for semesters. But um, it is what it is. Uh, that, that was a really special day because I busted my ass to make that um, make that thing a reality. And I love playing music. Uh, music is a big part of my life. Uh, so that was a big, happy day for myself. And then, you know, I think the day that I graduated from, um, from my broadcasting school, that was a big day too because that's another thing where when I was young in high school, I was super shy. I hid behind my guitar. I didn't talk to anybody. I was anxiety, you know, just really in a shell during that time period. And to have the confidence to go to a broadcasting school and do something like this and finish first in my class, uh, March 20th of 2014, uh, that's another day that I'll never forget. Great question, though, Nate. Last question here uh, for Nate. He says, what brings you peace? 
what brings me peace is knowing that I have for myself. I, I don't think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people have a lot of a lot of deep wounds that they'll never heal from. I think for me, the fact that I have myself and that I am healed from what I've gone through. I'm living my life, man. I got my own place. <laughs> I'm living my life. I'm in my own studio. I'm recording my podcast. This is my favorite day of the week uh, because it's recording day. I get to be myself. I get to interact with you guys. Um, life is good. But I know that I'm not alone. You know, like some people are going through bad things right now. Some people hate themselves. And that's a shitty thing to feel. And I I don't begrudge people who do feel it that way because hey, I thought about times where, you know, my existence on this earth wasn't needed anymore. And I've gone through every stage of emotion as anybody else has in this world. And uh, what brings me peace is the fact that I have myself, I'm living on my own terms and that nobody has any power over me. That's the biggest thing. Nobody has any say over me. Nobody has any power over me. Um, I'm living my life in my own terms, and I, I, I like I like how my life's going right now. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. I'm grateful for the fact that I get to record this show for you guys every week. And, yeah, so that's a great question, though. Uh, thank you, Nate. Thank you, Chris. Thank you to good brother Anthony. Thank you, um, Sarah, for um, interacting with me today. You guys brought some awesome questions today, so I really do appreciate that. Uh, as always, if you guys want to send questions, all you have to do is hit me up on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. Hit me up on Facebook or at the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. This has been this week's edition of the Good Brothers Q&A session. And um, when we come back, I'll be uh, reviewing what went down at the Royal Rumble right here on the Hoots Podcast. Edge. Edge, I got a level with you, man. I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think it was possible that you would ever return to the ring. But not only do you return to the ring, you return at the Royal Rumble. You enter the Royal Rumble, number one, and you end up winning the damn thing. So congratulations. Congratulations. And I really, truly mean that. But there is a problem, you see, because I told the entire world that Edge was never, ever coming back yet here you are and you know what that means that means you've made me out to look like nothing more than a liar after everything i've done for you you make me look like a liar i smashed your head between two chairs i've rko'd you a dozen times i even punt kicked you in the skull and rko'd your wife but all because i loved you like a brother i sent you home to be a husband to be a father all out of mercy and compassion then you end up winning the Royal Rumble. You think you're going to main event WrestleMania, but I'm, I'm going to let you in on a little secret, Edge. You're not. And you're not going to main event WrestleMania because you chose, you made the decision to look past me. You made the decision to forget about everything that I've done for you, for your family. So tonight, there will be no mercy. There will be no compassion. And for you, there will be no main event of Wrestlemania. I came back from a torn triceps to outlast 29 of the greatest superstars in the industry. Went bell to bell. But on the other hand, there's always this black cloud 
and it hangs over my head and it hangs over my family's head. And that black cloud is Randy Orton. You see, Randy, last night in the Royal Rumble, right? You had the chance to go bell to bell, just like I did. But you didn't. You didn't. You, you said you had a knee injury. And then you came back at the end, you tried to pounce it, and it didn't work. And I went bell to bell. And really, that's what, that's what all of this is about. Right? You say it's about love because you love my family. Quit spitting that crap. You know what it's about. It's jealousy because you're not the type of man that I am. And that, that kills your soul. So of course you challenge me today. I'm in there for an hour. You're in there for eight minutes. Yeah, I am beat up. But guess what? I am going to take that match. And Randy, tonight, tonight, I got to put you in the rear view, man. Tonight, I have to get me, I have to get my family out from under that black cloud so that I can walk into WrestleMania, into the main event of WrestleMania and take back a championship that I never lost. Tonight, Randy, tonight, I get closure. I get closure for me. I get closure for my little girls for having to explain to them why I couldn't piggyback them, why I couldn't carry them to bed, why I couldn't play soccer with them. Tonight, Randy, this ends! Welcome back, everybody, to the Hoops Podcast. Uh, ready to get into uh, our review of the Royal Rumble live for this past Sunday in the... Uh, Trump Canfield in St. Petersburg, Florida. I was I had my concerns on how the presentation of the show is gonna be. And there's a couple things that stood out and some things I could have done without. Um let me just start with this really quick. Commentary outside of Michael Cole and Corey Graves is just bad. It's bad. Even to the point where you need to bring Jerry Lawler in to do commentary for the Women's Royal Rumble match. It's just commentary style in WWE and how it's produced is just not good and it doesn't help the overall flows of the shows. But all that being said, I really enjoyed this pay-per-view this past Sunday night. And maybe it had a little extra sentiment for me because this is the first pay-per-view I got to watch by myself in my new apartment. So that that's something that I'll never forget and something that um, will mean a lot to me as the years go by. But um just from top to bottom, I'm really, I really, really enjoyed this show. So um, this would usually be like our this week in WWE segment, but this for this segment this week, I'm just gonna be reviewing the Rumble and talk about um, some stuff I saw from NXT last night. But for me, um, I was <laughs> watching this show, and it's like you know we start off with Goldberg and Mac time for the WWE title. Uh, for me, I thought the match layout was right and what it needed to be. Um, I don't need to see Goldberg in another match. I've been consistent with that, but I thought Goldberg had a good show for himself. And same thing with Drew McIntyre. You know, this whole thing was based on respect and, you know, Drew McIntyre being the the leader of the millennial generation of WWE superstars. And that uh, Goldberg is from that old guard where you're, you're hearing cops from The Undertaker and all these other people about the product being soft and the guys don't have the same mentality as they did in the 80s and 90s. And this match was based on respect. And, you know, they had the, the really cool interaction where they're shaking each other's hand after the match is over. I, th- I, th- I thought that was really cool. I thought it was some nice, solid piece of business. You know, obviously, 
just a black cloud over it where people are like, oh, here we go. Here's Goldberg here to bury another young talent. But that wasn't the case. Um, so it was a – I don't want to say anything of it. Oh, oh, this is a great WWE time match. For a Goldberg match, I thought this is what it needed to be. And I thought both guys delivered. So uh, happy for you there to have that moment with Goldberg. Um Big shout-out to Sasha Banks and Carmella. I thought they had a fantastic uh, SmackDown Women's title match. I love that match. Uh, Carmella is the epitome of maximizing your TV time and maximizing your opportunities on pay-per-view. The girl is so talented in what she does as a heel, and I think she's very underrated for what she brings to the table in the ring. Uh, obviously, we all know the great qualities that Sasha Banks has as an in-ring performer, and obviously, this is a great waterfall matchup, but uh, I just really liked a lot of the like uh, transition spots in this match. Uh, just some of the stuff Carmella's doing. Uh, Sasha Banks did end up making Carmella tap out to the bank statement, but um, whether it was the TLC match or this one uh, from Sunday, I really liked the stuff that Sasha Banks and Carmella have been doing. And if anything, it shows that you can put Carmella in any match on a SmackDown and she'll deliver. And I think a lot of people, especially from my field, should give her more props and praise for what she brings to the table as a performer and what she does to bring. So Carmella, you have my respect. I'm partially biased because I'm a big fan of her podcast of Bear With Us with uh, Corey Graves. So... I'm I'm very happy for Leah and what she's doing right now. You can tell she's having some of the fun that she's had in her career. And she's looking amazing right now, too. So, <laughs> uh, big props to you, Carmella. You, you've been kicking some ass. So, I just want to send that, send that shout-out really quick. I made my thoughts known about the commentary during the Rumble match, right? So, let's get into the Women's Rumble match. A couple surprises. I did not expect to see Jillian Hall out there. Uh, that was a, a flashback from my childhood days that I did not want to see. But she was there, so it was cool for her to get a paycheck like that. Um, probably one of my favorite moments of the night was seeing uh, Victoria, Lisa Marie, um, come out and make her WWE return after over a decade of leaving the company. And... Um, it was, it was really special. I had a chance to meet Lisa before. And Lisa's one of the kindest and sweetest people you'll ever meet in your life, especially for the wrestling business. I met her a couple times. Uh, she had the Swerve Circle restaurant in Chicago, which was one of my favorite restaurants in the city. And she just has a good soul. And uh, she was, I got to meet her right as I was starting my career in broadcasting, and it was cool. I, I really enjoyed my interactions with her, and to see the look on her face when she came out to the ring, and I, you know, talk about cool surprises and stuff like that, like full circle journeys and stuff. I, I seeing stuff like that was great, you know. Obviously, uh, I got I, another girl I got to meet before. Tori Wilson was in the house, so it was nice to see her as always, but. You know, I was listening to a show the other day, and they're like, oh, WWE doesn't have a continuity director. Well, that's the great thing about ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com is that you could debunk narratives just like that with a couple clicks of the website. Because I think a lot of things get lost in the service because they're so bundled down by what happens on television that we don't apply any context to the stories that are being told in the ring. So... Bianca Belair eliminating Bailey does that not have anything to do with continuity? Does 
Bianca and Rhea Ripley with their interactions with Charlotte in the past, eliminating her in the Rumble match. Does that not have anything to do with continuity? I mean, we could be selective about what we want to point out with logic holes and stuff like that if we want to play that game. But you look at what happened in the show and who got eliminated in, in the equations of when that happened, especially in the women's round match, continuity was the last thing on my mind because I, th- I thought the layout in this women's round match was really good. And some of the action was good as well, you know, Getting to see Rhea Ripley do her thing was awesome. Um, Bianca Belair, obviously the winner of the 2021 Women's Battle Royal. I mentioned earlier in the Good Brothers Q&A session that I think it's a year early for her to win the Rumble match. But, you know, if you're going to pull the trigger, pull the trigger, right? This goal full guns and blazing. So big props to her. Uh, you saw the emotion on her face. She was ripping it up. It was really cool. Uh, if you guys haven't seen the video of her parents marking out for the win, <laughs> it's some good stuff. I totally, totally recommend you guys go check it out. So big props to Bianca Belair. Very happy for her. So that was a really cool moment. Let's get to Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens in the last main stand match. Let's go back to the continuity point that I just brought up a couple seconds ago. So the objective of the match is last main stand match. And... Everybody's on their on their fucking soapbox. It looks like everybody's on their period this week over the fact that oh, it took forever for Paul Heyman to get the handcuffs of Kevin Owens to ruin the finish. Oh, really? We need handcuffs in the last sta- last man standing match. It's a last man standing match. If anything, you should give Roman Reigns more props for the fact that he got himself in that predicament in the first place because Roman. As a heel, brought up handcuffs to keep Kevin Owens down to a count of 10. He got himself, Roman got himself trapped in the lighting grid. You know, Roman, before getting caught out, wisely laid out a referee. A second referee comes in. You have to check on the performers because, you know, this measly goes over people's head that when Roman threw the referee into the grid and gave he gave Owens a nut shot two or three seconds later. So you have a second referee come in, getting notes from the back on how we're, how things were going, and you, you got a, a first referee that's laid out that's not getting any medical attention, so he's looking out for his safety, checking on Kettles because he just had a nut shot. And, okay, I get it. It took forever for Paul Heyman to take the handcuffs off of Roman Reigns. But just for everybody, Mr. Continuity Directors out there, armchair continuity directors, the finish was going to be the same every single time. It did not matter how long it took for Heyman to take the handcuffs off because the finish is going to be the same. So, okay, we want to talk about a transitional spot with the referee where he just stops counting. You know, <laughs> shit happens. But you allow that to take away from what those two guys did to each other on Sunday is bullshit, in my opinion. Because they killed each other. The whole thing about, oh, the, the, the referee stopped counting, so it ruined the match. Did it really ruin the match? Like, come on. Y'all knew. Come on, it's it's not true. 
it's not so these guys beat the crap out of each other and you want to opine about booking scenarios, they just don't know what you're talking about. So, um, I, it's just ridiculous. The finish was going to be the same. It didn't matter how long Paul Heyman needed to take that freaking handcuff of Roman Reigns. So, um, and then the men's rumble match. Nice to see uh, Carlito out there. It was a very uh, Barrican style Royal Rumble, which I, I I won't complain about that. We had Carlito in the house. We had Damian Priest kicking ass and eliminating King in the Rumble. He was awesome in there. And then we had Bad Bunny out there uh, going after the Miz and John Morrison, which was pretty cool as well. Um, Edge won the Royal Rumble, started off from the first spot all the way to the end. Uh, really good storytelling, especially with the uh, inclusion of Christian towards the back end of the Rumble. Uh, good performances from a lot of other performers in the Rumble match. I just mentioned Damian Priest. Uh, but Edge did eliminate Randy Orton at the final moment to win the Royal Rumble match. And uh, he'll be going to WrestleMania. So I thought the Women's Rumble was the best Rumble out of both ones, if you want my opinion. But overall, I really enjoyed this preview, and uh, it was a lot of fun to transcribe on Sunday. So that was my thoughts on the Royal Rumble. Really quick before we wrap up the segment, uh, NXT last night uh, announced their card for uh, NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day, which is going to be on the same day as Valentine's Day. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, so we got Finn Balor against Pete Dunne for the NXT title. We got E.L. Shirai against Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm, the triple threat match for the women's title. Uh, we have Johnny Gargano against Kushida for the NXT North American Championship. And we got the finals of the men's and women's Dusty, uh, Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic tournaments. So make sure to check out NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day a week from this Sunday live only on the WWE Network. That's my thoughts on this week in WWE. When we come back, I'll let you guys know what my thoughts are going on in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. We'll be right back, right here on the Hoots Podcast. All right, back here on the Hoots Podcast. One more final segment before we get into the uh, home run main event of the evening. Uh, what What is wrong with AEW? So I want to uh, let you guys know what's going on with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And we're going to start off with a quick promo uh, from Jay White uh, following his recent return to New Japan Pro Wrestling during the Road to New Beginning Tour. Don't you want to make money? Don't you want to keep money? Then you need to... 
Jay White's a superstar. Trust me, this guy is a superstar. Jay White came back. It's going to be Jay White and the Grills Destiny take on Chaos members Ishii, Goto, and Yoshihashi for the Never Open Weight titles on February 11th. Uh, live coverage of that will be on ProWrestlingTransfers.com. And actually, the funny thing about it is I'll be doing that show before I record this bad boy next week. So you get a big, long day of coverage and wrestling from your boy, Josh. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to sleep next week. But <laughs> nonetheless, um, 
you know, we got a lot of cool shows coming up. Uh, like I said, the end of the new beginning tour is uh, coming up this week. Uh, we got show Hiroma Takahashi being Benny, the February 10th show. Uh, I know we got Bushi and Watto as a special match, special singles match. Uh, I mentioned the six-man tag. But also, be on the lookout because we got uh, Gorillaz and Destiny against uh, Dangerous Techers on February 10th. That's the semi-main for that show. And then the main event for uh, next, uh, the second night in Hiroshima will be Abushi and Sonata for the double championship match. So uh, make sure to check out all my coverage of New Japan Pro Wrestling on ProWrestlingTransfers.com. I also wanted to mention really quick, I want to send a quick shout to New, New Japan for the fact that they uh, announced today that they got a new deal with Roku, where they're going to be distributing one-hour programming to people in the United States, uh, the UK, Canada. I think it's a big deal. So really cool distribution announcement there for New Japan today. They'll, you can get some New Japan Pro Wrestling on Roku. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on that note, we're going to get into the main event, what everybody's waiting for. The moment that's known as the best segment in all professional wrestling podcasting in 2021. It's known as What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. We're going to start this bad boy off with Brother Carter in a 3, 2, 1. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. What the hell is wrong with AEW? Okay, we're going to get just started with the first question that I have. What the hell did Joey Janela do to deserve a TNT title match? When was the last time he was on Dynamite? If this does not show you the inconsistency of the ranking system and just how much it doesn't matter, I don't know what does. Weak promo from Sting, Darby Allen, and Team Taz. I was unmoved. And I love Team Taz. I love Team Taz's promos. I think he does a terrific job. But the promo overall was weak. And I just wasn't buying it from Sting. I, I, I haven't bought it from Sting since he's come back to AEW. And I'm just not buying it now. Still not. And I don't know if I really want to see this tag match. I I, I, I really don't. With him and Darby Allen in the street fight. I'm, I, just, I just have a feeling it's not going to go well. So I have a question. Does AEW have a women's champion? Because... In the match with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, which, by the way, was an excellent match. Really, really great job from both ladies. That's what that's what women's wrestling needs to be in all elite wrestling. But they barely mention Sheeta. And then the next time we see her is later on in the show when they're talking about the women's title tournament. So, and I mean this all seriously because I just don't know the answers. Like, is Sheeta having some visa issues or something? Like, And that's if that's possible, or if that is the case, then, you know... I'll, I'll take back all the things that I said and say, okay, cool, legit issue, no problems there. Um, but we haven't seen her or heard of her on television in, what, a month? Two months, maybe? So unless there's something seriously wrong with her, then they really are, once again, not putting the focus where it needs to in its women's division. Shocking, I know. So Justin Roberts will say North Carolina in a special way for Kenny Omega, who is not from there, but he won't for Matt Hardy, who is from there? Oh, that makes a lot of sense to me. Man, solid, solid there, AEW. Luther is god-awful. He looks horrible, and he is clearly out of shape. 
The only person who was decent in that tag match was Hangman Adam Page, maybe Serpentico. But how does Luther have a job? Oh, wait, this is All Friends Wrestling. I forgot. Oh, uh, speaking of AEW Women's Title Tournament, apparently Sheeta doesn't have to defend her title for over three months. So that's why I'm thinking that there might be something wrong. I don't know. Let's talk about the wedding. Good God, was this segment stupid. Now, there was a couple of things in there that were funny. The whole kayfabing in the vowels. I thought that was funny. The crowd singing, uh, what is love, baby don't hurt me. I have to admit, that was pretty funny. I laughed for that. That was great. But the rest of the ceremony was so stupid. Miro calls it his wedding and then cuts a terrible promo. He is awful. Like, Miro sucks. I'm sorry, but he when he was Rusev, he was great and I enjoyed his work and it was funny. But he sucks. Miro sucks. And it's no wonder why WWE got rid of him. He's horrible. He's god-awful. And he gets worse and worse every single week. And then we have this... If you didn't see that... Uh, Chuck and the best friends were going to ruin this wedding, then you clearly haven't watched the product. It was a stupid segment, executed poorly. I was glad to see James Mitchell, because I enjoyed him in, in uh, Impact Wrestling when it was TNA. But overall, what they even... they You knew it was going to be bad, and they took it from just, like, entertainingly bad to just brutally bad, and it sucked. And we've officially gotten the announce date on the Cody Rhodes Shack. Red Velvet Jade Cargill match. match. whoop de freaking do The worst part is we actually have to see it on television. Don't get it on pay-per-view. So, unfortunately, more people are going to see it. <sighs> AEW managed to screw up Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer, which I can't figure out how they did that. Because Eddie Kingston and Lance Archer... I mean, I love Eddie Kingston. I, I've, been, I've been high on Eddie Kingston ever since he debuted in AEW. And I love what he's doing. But they screwed it up. Unnecessary brawls, horrible timing overall from everybody. It was awful. Um, they were focusing on everything except the people in the ring. And that really says something about this company. Uh, FTR kidnapped Marco Stunt. Great, fine, whatever. The best, okay, let's get to the main event. The six-man tag match. The best part about that match was that we didn't have to hear Kenny Omega's facts. Because, and why I think they're funny at times, I mean, they do annoy me, but the best part was they didn't have to hear the facts. (laughs) Right as Don Callis was about to cut a promo, they went to commercial. Was that on purpose, or was that a botch? Because I could see it either way. But something tells me it was a botch, because AEW's production value is not exactly of the highest quality. Uh, Overall, good match to close the show. But they were clearly trying to make it a spot fest, but the timing was way off. It wasn't organic. You, the wrestlers were clearly waiting and were clearly waiting for the spot to happen, and it wasn't believable as all at all. Kind of like Kenny Omega as the AEW World Champion. He is the most overrated wrestler of all time. He's athletic, but he oversells. His moves are meh. And his, he's basically a spot-fest monkey champion. And overall, I was just not very entertained at all. But what else is new? Because seriously, what the hell is wrong with AEW? This has been What the Hell is Wrong with AEW.
much, Brother Carter, for the submission this week. As always, good brother, you are the man, as always. What the hell is wrong with AEW this week? Well, <laughs> I want to ask you a question. Who do you think has more credibility in their position? Tony Khan or Jelly Nutella? I mean, I find it interesting that Joey's having a shot at the TNT title next week based off of what? Uh, a sloppy-ass eight-man tag team match on AEW Dark this week? Or him prancing around like Mark Wahlberg in, Rock, in Rockstar? Or, my, my bad, my bad. Uh, Joey Janela running around like Rain Wilson in The Drummer? Uh, <laughs> Joey Janela getting a title shot in 2021 is just fucking hilarious to me. And that's all I have to say about it. His work speaks for itself. I don't need to explain why it's dumb and stupid. His work does that enough for him. But, um... Yeah, so Joey Janela will be taking on Darby Allen, and Darby Allen is going to whoop his ass. So there goes that. All right, let's get on to the next part of this fun extravaganza. Just like Brett Carter, I did not find this episode to be entertaining whatsoever. Um, I thought there was two good matches on the show. I liked Britt Baker and Dunder Rosa. I thought that was a really good match. And then I liked the main event. Of the Good Brothers in Kenny Oshmega against um, <laughs> John Moxley, Phoenix, and Pac. I thought that was a very good match. Um, had six paragraphs to type out of that match, but good nonetheless. What I did not like on AEW this week was some of the similar things I continued to see each and every single week. Tag matches were... Uh, tag teams like Kaji are not applied. Uh, tag outs that don't make sense. Uh, making referees look bad. Um, I thought the match with uh, Heyman and Matt Hardy against Chaos Chaos Project sucked. Uh, what else was on the show? Uh, oh, the tag team Battle Royal. Whatever. Uh, Chris Jericho and MGF against the Young Bucks does absolutely nothing for me at Re- Revolution. Um... I'm not going to be a broken record. You guys know where I stand with the COVID guide, and I feel bad for MJF. Uh, no comment on the Penelope Ford in Times New Roman font wedding. Uh, that just doesn't warrant any energy from yours truly this week. Um, if you could tell in my portion of what the hell is wrong with AEW this week, that I'm just indifferent at this point. Like, I'm not going to blow a gasket this week because it defeats the purpose. They have stupid stipulations for stupid matches. FTR is banned because they're heels and they attack a babyface tag team after the match was over last week. They, they're banned from an opportunity to win a shitty battle royal. A battle royal where it's tag team battle royal, but if you eliminate one guy, your team is still in it somehow. Okay. And then commentary is still commentary. JR is just doing watch alongs of AEW shows. He's not even calling pro wrestling shows anymore, let's be honest. And then the referees. Some are good and some are not. <laughs> and I like to say for the case to be made that uh, these officials would be better almost two years into this fucking project, but things haven't changed. Still out of position, still 
allowing too many heels to run into the ring and abusing the 10 count. By the way, it shouldn't take 10 seconds for you to get out of the fucking ring when you tag out to somebody, but that's just my opinion. And also, by the way, for wrestling promotions, the fact that you haven't hired my good brother, referee Tony S., you guys are doing a major disservice to yourself and your promotions. So there goes that. Um, yeah, I just, I don't find anything on this programming. None, none of it stands out to me. It's just there. Like Sting and Darby Allen doing their thing with Team Taz. I don't care. Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet Cupcake against Jay Cargill. Shaq uh, does nothing for me. I don't care about that either. None of it stands out. And it, yeah, I like I mentioned the two matches I I saw that I liked on the show. I, I I'll stick to my guns on that. I, I really like those matches. But even then, uh, you know, having Kenta come out is dope. But at the same time, Kenta from another company should not be the reason why you're getting buzzed off of AEW. And I get that AEW wants to do these partnerships with New Japan and Impact and. Um, what else? The NWA. But you need to start building your identity before you start hopping on, leeching onto other promotions just to gain buzz. Is this a pro wrestling promotion or a dirt cheap promotion? It could be both. I, 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 obviously, that's the case just from observing and watching this product every single week. But it gets to the point where I'm just throwing my hands in the air. I'm not even, like, upset when I watch Dynamite anymore. This is what it is. I cover it for work. Uh, just for full disclosure, I would not cover AEW. No, I would not watch AEW if I was not getting paid to cover it. I'm just being honest with you guys. It just doesn't do anything for me. I don't find it entertaining. I don't find it to be musty television. And for a company that says it's going to change the world... Pro wrestling is still the same in 2021, so what's really changed? So that's my thoughts this week on what the hell is wrong with AEW this week. I really, I'm just indifferent with AEW now. This is what it is. Why should I care? You need New Japan, Impact, all these other things in dirt sheets to garner buzz for your company because you don't have the ability to form an identity with your own fucking product. We need to bring Shaq in to fight Cody Rhodes. For what? I don't know. It's just stupid. All right, folks. On that note, we're going to ramp it up for this week's edition of the Hoots Podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for uh, hanging out with me today. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. Also on Instagram at JoshLopez94 at JoshLopezMusic as well on Instagram. Make sure to uh, subscribe to the podcast right now. It comes to you free of charge every single Thursday on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget, you can get the podcast uh, on 10 different platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts from. Please, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a four- or five-star review. That helps the rating and the uh, extension of the show to other people around the country. So I'd love to get your feedback, positively or negatively or constructively. I'd love to get your thoughts on the Hoots Podcast. So I appreciate the support. Make sure to bookmark ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And on that note, I just want to remind everybody, you know, be the authentic product that is yourself. And remember, folks, you are dictating the pace of your life. Nobody else. Nobody in this world should ever have any more power over you than you. All right? I love you guys. Have a wonderful week. I'll be back here next week to uh, preview NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. 
So right now, we're going to send off to Brett Carter for this week's edition of the Thoughts of Derrico. This has been episode 243 of the Hoops Podcast. I'll talk to you guys next week. Yes, sir. And now, the Thoughts of Derrico. Listen well, man. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the only game that's worth paying attention to this week. It is The Thoughts of Derrico, featuring the one, the only, Brother Carter. Ladies and gentlemen, I love the Royal Rumble every year, and this year was no exception. Wonderful card, top to bottom. I enjoyed every match on the show. Thought there was some really terrific stuff all the way down. Great performers, great action, reminded me why I'm a wrestling fan. So let's get right into it. Drew McIntyre defeats Goldberg in about four or five minutes, and honestly, that match was exactly what it needed to be, and I'm 100% okay with it. What they were trying to do is continuing to elevate Drew McIntyre and saying that McIntyre defeated not only Brock Lesnar, but also Goldberg. So two legends who are generally known as unstoppable forces and... Drew McIntyre beat them both. So that match was exactly what it needed to be. I had no problems with it at all. Decent match with Sasha Banks and Carmella. Uh, nothing special, but it was good. You know, it was it was an you know an average women's match in WWE. Great match. Uh, sorry, good match. Good match. Again, I didn't. It wasn't. You know, it was fine. Um, decent match. Nothing special, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Okay. Let's get into the Women's Royal Rumble. And I have to admit, I had to take a conference call, so I only got to watch uh, during during the uh, the women's match, but I did get to watch it on mute. Some of the returns, I went back and watched it later, were great. Jillian Hall, ah, seeing her was great. That was hilarious. Great to see Victoria. That was awesome. Uh, let's see. Seeing Mickey James back was great. So I thought all that was great. But I got to tell you, one of the underrated stars of the Royal Rumble match to me was Billy Kay. She comes out, doesn't get in the ring, sits on commentary for a little while, and is trying to boost her resume and, and sell herself to, to other folks and to the legends. I thought it was hilarious. I've said this for a while. Billy Kay is doing great work, and I thought it was absolutely terrific. So great job, Billy Kay. Uh, that was great. Um, but folks, I am so happy for Bianca Belair. Like, that was freaking awesome. I mean, she is the EST of WWE. She is a future world champion. She's going to be a star in WWE for a long time. And I was so happy to see her win it. And I picked Shayna Baszler, uh, but I was so happy when it was when she won it. And when it got down to her, Rhea Ripley, uh, I was okay with either of them winning. Heck, when it was down to the final three, I would have been okay with Charlotte winning it too. But... So happy for Bianca Belair. The emotion that she, uh, you know, she demonstrated after the match, and you can just tell how much this means to her. She has been kicking ass as of late, and I am so happy for the match that she is going to put on at WrestleMania. Congratulations, Bianca Belair! As they say, you deserve it. Um, I enjoyed the last man standing match. I thought there was some great action, good storytelling. I know people are complaining about the botched finish. Uh, because Heyman couldn't get the key and the referee couldn't couldn't get the count going, it happens. Look, it, it happens. It's fine. You know, I, I knew what I was like. Oh man, they're struggling here. They're they're running into handcuff spots are tricky. So it's one of those things. It's like, you know, if you're going to do a handcuff spot, 
you need to be you need to have a plan A, B, and C should should there be an issue with the cuffs, you know. Um, you know, it's high risk, high reward kind of thing. But overall, I enjoyed the match. I think we're going to get one more between these two before Mania. Uh, maybe at the next pay-per-view coming up, uh, Elimination Shaper, we'll make it one more between those two. And uh, I'll be okay with that, uh, have, letting them go at it one more time uh, before we get the Mania match. I still think it's going to be Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Um, I've, I've heard rumors that it's that 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 um, Reigns is going to be taking on somebody else. Uh, and you can certainly look those up online. But um, I, I still think that's going to be the match, but we shall see. Um, there wasn't any as many returns because of COVID, and that's fine. Um, I, I understand that we're living in crazy times. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Edge is going to WrestleMania. Holy crap, that's awesome. Now, before getting into that, how cool it was it to see Carlito and Christian back? And they both looked fantastic. Like, Carlito looked he might Carlito may have looked better than I've ever seen him, and Christian hadn't missed a beat. So I really hope we see more of those two in the future. They both look great. But folks, Edge started at number one last year. Had perhaps the best one of the best moments in WWE history when he made his return. I still get goosebumps watching that video when I go back and watch it. And now he gets to start at one and go to WrestleMania. Folks, he can still go, and it's freaking awesome. What a story. I am so happy for him that he's going to get to main event WrestleMania. I hope he picks Drew McIntyre because that's going to be a hell of a match. Um, I, I've heard rumors that he's going to pick Reigns, but um, I'm, I'm really hoping that he picks McIntyre because that is going to be awesome. With that being said, wrestling Twitter can kiss my big fat ass. I can't believe that people went out and were pissed because Edge won the Royal Rumble. It is some complete BS that wrestling fans would go out and think that Edge, who looks fantastic, by the way, can still cut a promo, wins the Royal Rumble, earns it, and people are, are upset about it and are booing Edge, are booing WWE, for giving a man who deserves the opportunity to main event WrestleMania one more time the opportunity to do so. I heard some Bully Ray uh, radio from Bully Ray the other week, and he said it best. If you can still go and you can put butts in the seats, why shouldn't you get an opportunity to shine? Just because your favorite wrestler didn't get the opportunity to go, oh, WWE has no stars. Bullshit, WWE doesn't have any stars. They are out the wazoo with stars, and you can't put everybody at the top, trust me, everybody is going to get their chance, I could think, if you were to put the world title on probably 15 different people in WWE right now, I'd be fine with it, but the fact that stupid ass internet wrestling fans, these are probably the people that are AEW fans, to be quite honest, these stupid ass wrestling fans who don't get their way and their superstar pushed at the moment they want it, think that they're going to completely shit on the product. You all should be ashamed of yourselves for dissing Edge and taking personal shots at Edge for him earning the opportunity to be a world champion. He deserves it. And if you don't think so, then go off with your little AEW fake-ass bullshit and leave WWE, leave the professionals, leave the, leave the real wrestling to the professionals. And kiss my ass, wrestling Twitter. Screw you guys. Now, let's get to Raw. Sheamus heel turn. No surprises there. I'm surprised it took that long to happen. Um, but we're going to get a match between him and Matt and Katire, probably at Elimination Chamber. And that's fine. 
Uh, we knew the heel turn was gonna was gonna happen eventually, and I have no problems with that at all. That's gonna be a brawl, and I and I'm looking forward to it. I love the new Lashley. Even MVP was getting scared, and that's awesome. You knew they're doing something right when even MVP was getting scared, but telling Lashley to hold up, and then he realized, oh man, we got something here. I love it. Uh, Lashley, I think, is in his mid 40s, and he looks better than he has ever ever had. God, he is doing awesome work. I love the new Bobby Lashley. This is the best Lashley, and it's not even close. Ever notice that the Hurt Business is bringing out the best in everybody that's in it? They need to run with this thing. It's awesome. Okay, what is the deal with Raw's women's division? Uh, There's talent there, but their champion is in a tag team feud going for the titles now. Now, they're not getting the the, the title match, and and that's good. But I just don't see where the direction of Raw's women's division is going. I mean... You know they've they've kind of they haven't really built any feuds for Asuka, their champion, as of late. There was a couple matches with Alexa Bliss. Fine, I, th- I think that's going to be the Mania match eventually. But and maybe they were just trying to test the waters over these past couple weeks. But I just don't see the direction of Raw's women's division. And it's unfortunate because there's so much talent, but I feel like they're being wasted. And I I, I want to see more storylines with the women on Raw because. They can go. There's no question, but there's no direction in that division. Damien, Damien Priest was on Raw, and that's awesome. I love Damien Priest. I don't get to watch NXT that often, but when I do, I have always been impressed with Damien Priest. He's a star. He's the man, and I, I, I loved his debut, and I really get hope he gets a chance to shine. He's a future world champion material by far, and I know there are a lot of people who are upset that He's getting promoted to Raw over Adam Cole, the Undisputed Era, Finn Balor, Pete Dunne, those folks. I would much rather them be on, you know, Adam Cole, Undisputed Era, stuff, be on NXT, than go up to Raw and have nothing for them. Because we've seen that time and time again, where these big NXT wrestlers move up to the main roster, and there's nothing for them. Look at Bobby Roode. Look at Nakamura over the last year. You know, they've been, they, 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 there were these superstars in NXT, and then they move up to the main roster. And, I mean, Nakamura had a pretty good run when he first got up there, but he's kind of floundered a bit. Bobby Roode has really not had much since he's moved up to, uh, from the main roster after being a superstar in NXT. So, don't worry about that. Let's much rather have your favorites in NXT be part of meaningful feuds as opposed to being lost in the shuffle on the main roster. Uh, let's see. I was so happy to see Carlito. He's badass. He looks great. And how can you not be happy for Edge? You know, uh, I, I said that earlier. How can you not be happy for Edge and him getting his opportunity? That's great. Last thing I'll say is that I am digging the hell out of Alexa Bliss and her transformations. Let's embrace the split personality while we can without fans. Obviously, you can't do that once you have live fans and cutting to camera angles, and you have to, you know, you have to pre-produce some stuff on Raw for the for the transformations for Alexa Bliss. So run with this now, okay? I love it. She's dripping black blood out of her mouth at the end of the show. Unbelievable. Alexa Bliss is one of my absolute favorite wrestlers in the world right now. She has taken this gimmick farther than we ever thought possible, and she is absolutely killing it right now. By the way, The Fiend is entering Brock Lesnar territory in the fact that he can be the most important person on Raw without having to be on the show. When was the last time we saw The Fiend? And he's still the most important part of Raw. Think about that, folks. And those are the thoughts of Derrico for this week. My final thought is everybody enjoy Super Bowl Sunday, a socially distanced Super Bowl Sunday. I'm taking the Chiefs. 
because how can you bet against Patrick Mahomes? I know they got Tom Brady. By the way, the, how, you know, if, you, if those of you that are shitting on edge, you're going to shit on Tom Brady, who still can go and maybe win another Super Bowl? Give me a freaking break. But I'm taking the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes to be your Super Bowl champions. This has been The Thoughts of Derrico. You're smarter now, man.